والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل لقطة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, my brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our designer, our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved and final messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. I hope and pray, my brothers and sisters, that you are all doing well by the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And before we continue, I want to remind you or, or let you know rather that due to the time change from next week, we will inshallah be beginning the Friday message at 11.45 a.m. inshallah. So everything will move back one hour and the Friday prayer timings from next Friday will also be coming back one hour, insha'Allah ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, we are learning of members of our community, more uh, and more of them uh, being afflicted with COVID-19. I ask you to make dua for them, remember them and their families in your dua, and also take this opportunity as a reminder to adhere to all public health guidelines and recommendations, particularly distancing and regularly sanitizing your hands, uh, not sharing prayer mats uh, when you come for prayer and uh, exercising a higher degree of caution. In the end, it is all in the control and hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we try our best and we leave for Allah the rest. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant shifa, complete and speedy uh, cure and recovery to all of our brothers and sisters and our neighbors who are afflicted and who are ill at this time. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. My brothers and sisters, every few years the world is exposed to the love that the Ummah has for the beloved of Allah, the best of creation, the final messenger of Allah, our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. My brothers and sisters, while this love that the Ummah has for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 1400 odd years after his passing, it is very reassuring and heartwarming to see that love. But unfortunately, it comes out as a result of provocation, provocations that are based on ignorance or hatred. As we speak, we know that there is the epicenter of this ignorance and hatred at this time is unfortunately in France, where the religion of the French state is secularism, laïcité as they refer to it, which they claim allows for near limitless freedom of speech where nothing is sacred. Now, unfortunately, that freedom or so-called freedom is sometimes used to mock people and to mock that which is sacred to others in the most crudest of ways, in the most inappropriate of ways, hardly sparing anyone. We talk about victims of crimes, victims of genocide, 
people with disabilities, religious figures, leaders, regular individuals, it doesn't matter. Nobody is spared in this supposed spirit of freedom of expression. They say that they don't have a problem with Islam and Muslims and that they want to treat us and our religion like they treat all other people and all, all other religions. But unfortunately, the actions seem to suggest otherwise. Rather, it appears that the approach is tailored to be at odds with Islam and Muslims. Right? When people don't want to admit that they have animosity towards Islam and Muslims, they use other covers, covers of things like secularism, of ideas like uh, or rights like freedom of expression. And they use that as a cover to hide their ignorance or their hatred, their animosity towards Islam and Muslims. The mockery of the Prophet ﷺ that we are seeing in France has been accompanied by interference in Islamic affairs. For example, the French president saying recently that Islam is in crisis, claiming that he is not against Islam, but rather against Islamic separatism and radical Islamism, but then supporting, on the one hand he says that, but then he's supporting the showing of these caricatures of the cartoons mocking the Prophet ﷺ all over the country, on government buildings, in schools. And we are also seeing, unfortunately, heavy-handed shutdowns of Muslim organizations and charities without due process. And one of the most prominent ones I suppose would be the collective against Islamophobia in France, a civil rights, human rights organization that is speaking out against Islamophobia, that is addressing Islamophobia, recognized with standing in the United Nations and well recognized with amongst other uh, other organizations and other, uh, 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 other people who are doing this work across Europe, shutting them down just with a decree, attacking you know, Islam and Muslims to gain popularity and to build credibility when he needs it, right? when the president needs it, and angrily telling Muslims that they must stop boycotts of French products, uh, that they must stop boycotts, as if that's going to actually stop the boycotts. So we're seeing that these are acts of desperation by a politician who is in trouble due to a number of domestic problems. That how it, that's how it appears anyway. Sadly, my brothers and sisters, the interference in the lives of Muslims by France goes back 190 years to 1830 and the invasion of Algiers until 1962. And even then the interference in Algeria continued for decades. And over 10 million Algerians were killed. How many? Not one, not two. 10 million Algerians were killed due to the interference of France. And just back in July, France finally returned what the skulls the heads of 24 Algerian anti-colonial freedom fighters who were beheaded by who? By France. And their heads were brought back to France as trophies. And today, sadly, what we see is that France is facing the consequences of its colonial past and decades of discrimination and institutional racism against Muslims. Institutional racism and discrimination against Muslims in the country, which has unfortunately been driven by politics. The recent tensions have resulted in attacks on civilians. A teacher who had shown the cartoons mocking the Prophet ﷺ was beheaded. And then two hijabi sisters were stabbed at the Eiffel Tower. And yesterday, three people were killed inside and around a church. 
Now these types of vigilante attacks are reprehensible and they are haram, they are prohibited, regardless of who they are committed by, especially inside places of worship. And on that note, we extend our deepest condolences to the families of the victims and to everyone who has been affected by these criminal attacks. This morning, we sent a note to our neighbors at our local Catholic parish to express our condolences regarding these attacks as well, because it was their place of worship in which these attacks, this attack, or at least the church attack, took place in which should never have happened. Sadly, my brothers and sisters, when leaders and politicians stoke the flames of hatred and division, instead of burying them, instead of promoting love and harmony and unity, they flame and inflame the, 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 the sentiments of hatred and division amongst the people. It increases the chance of someone responding incorrectly on all sides, regardless of whether they are Muslim or they are white supremacists or they are secular extremists. It doesn't matter. There are people who will have various issues, challenges with regards to self-control, who are unable to withhold their emotions, who have mental health challenges, whatever the case may be, on all sides. It gives them an opportunity to respond incorrectly. And this is the job of leaders, of responsible leaders, responsible political and faith leaders, leaders in civil society, to promote harmony, to promote unity, to calm people down instead of spreading hatred and divisions. And unfortunately, when that happens, this is what we see. What many people who are not Muslims have trouble appreciating and recognizing, not all, but many, is the bond of love that the Muslims have with their Prophet And this bond is a bond which is deeper than the bond, than, than the bond that one has with their parents. Ali radiallahu anhu was asked regarding how was your love for the Prophet the love of the companions of the Prophet towards the Prophet himself. And what did he say? The Prophet was dearer to us than our wealth, our children, our fathers, our forefathers, our mothers, and even cool water at the time of severe thirst. This was how dear the Prophet was, how important he was, how beloved he was, to the companions radiallahu anhum that even in they were if they were in severe thirst and needed a, a, a cool drink of water right if they had that choice or choosing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam they would have more love for the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam than getting that cool drink of water in that moment of thirsty desperation it is also mentioned in the seerah by ibn hisham that a woman from the tribe of banu dina lost her husband lost her father and her brother in the battle of Uhud. When she was informed of this, she radiallahu anha asked, Fama fa'ala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but what happened to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And the people replied, replied, Khayran ya umma fulan. Oh, that they said that, huwa bihamdillahi kama tuhibbin. That all praises due to Allah, he is as safe as you would wish him to be. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is safe. And she sees, and she says that show me to show him to me so that I can see for myself. Show him to me so that I can see for myself. So what did they do? So the people pointed him out. They pointed out the Prophet 
for this sahabiya, for this the female companion of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And when she said, when she saw him, she said, "Kullu musibatin jalal." That any disaster, any difficulty, any disaster besides that of losing you is is insignificant. Kullu musibatin dunaka hayyinatun sagira. That essentially meaning that any disaster, any musibah that comes. Right. Uh, besides that of losing you is insignificant to me. Subhanallah. This was the level of love that the companions had for the Prophet wasallam, and even the female companions. That when she has lost, or this is a woman who has lost her husband, his father, her father, and her brother, right, in battle. Three family members, right? Three close family members, but still her love for the Prophet wasallam, is greater. Now, often it is said, my brothers and sisters, that Muslims feel angered because the depictions of the Prophet ﷺ are prohibited in Islam, that they are considered to be blasphemous, and Muslims consider it to be, we believe that it is forbidden to draw pictures of the Prophet ﷺ. But it is to note that it's not about the depictions. Right? They have been done here and there. In the past, in history, there have been instances where some people, right, some people decided that they want to create some sort of portrait of the Prophet ﷺ, even though it is prohibited. We understand that. That doesn't. But when those portraits were done without any apparent malicious intent, it has not provoked a reaction. There was no reaction when this happened in the past. The reaction is only when it is clear that the portrayal is intended to mock and to provoke. That is when we see a reaction. We don't see a reaction otherwise. And that's because the pain and the hurt that is caused by such mockery to Muslims is deeper than what one feels when their parents are mocked. We see people, they react when their parents are mocked. When someone speaks lowly in, in an evil, in a bad manner, in a negative manner about someone's mother or father, there is a reaction. Most people who love their parents will be deeply offended and deeply hurt. So us Muslims, we love the Prophet ﷺ more than anyone else. So when there is mockery towards the Prophet ﷺ, it hurts us more than if our parents were to be mocked. And in fact, we love and respect all the Prophets of God, which is why you never see a true Muslim mocking Jesus or Moses, peace be upon them. You never see a true Muslim making fun of Sayyidina Isa salam or Sayyidina Musa salam. And we are even taught not to mock the gods that other people call upon other than Allah. Even the false gods that others are worshipping, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks strongly against, and that Islam preaches strongly against, even those we are taught that we are not to mock those gods, even though we believe that those gods are false. We are still not to mock that which others worship and that others believe in. So it is not about freedom of speech. It's about respect. If you mock our Prophet, it means that you want to disrespect him. And if you disrespect him, we will respond out of our love for the Prophet We are not, alhamdulillah, this ummah is not yet not so shameless that we will stand by and watch the show while our Prophet is disrespected. Maybe others do that, but we don't do that. Maybe other people, other religions are able to tolerate that, but we don't tolerate that. As we have seen in the past, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this love that the Muslims have for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
even a means of guiding some of the biggest haters of Islam and Muslims. This has happened in the recent past, that it was the extreme love, right, or the passionate love that the Muslims have for the Prophet ﷺ that actually led to some of the leaders of the haters changing their minds and saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. This has happened in front of us, not just one, more than one. In Europe, this has happened. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them all. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Because many of them are acting out of ignorance. They are sincere in their, in, their, in their hatred. They are sincere in their hatred because they don't know any better. But when they see this expression of love, that no one else is loving their religious figures, no one else is, is holding their religion and the elements of their, of their religion so dear as the Muslims are, that provokes curiosity, that leads them to research and to find out the truth. So may I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them all. Now the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam has told us that this that there are certain types of, uh, of of actions, traits that will lead a believer to taste the sweetness of iman. That one who attains the following three things will taste the sweetness of iman of faith. And what are they? That to make Allah and His Messenger more beloved to themselves than anything else. To love Allah and His Messenger وسلم, more than anything else from the three things that will lead to tasting the sweetness of Iman. And also to love a person for no other reason except for the sake of Allah. So to, to love another person for no reason uh, other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to hate a return to disbelief. To hate to return to disbelief just as much as a person would hate to be thrown into the fire. If a person has these three things, the Prophet has said that they will lead to the tasting of the sweetness of faith. That tells us that there is a taste associated with faith, with iman. If you reach that level, you will certainly taste that sweetness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that state and that sweetness. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said that لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس يجمعين That none of you truly believes until I am dearer to him than his father, his son, his own self and of all the people. So having the utmost love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a part of our faith, is a part of our iman. And Unless we have that, we are not going to truly reach the height of Iman. We are not going to be true, true believers in the true sense. Now the scholars have said that there are two types of love. That there's natural love and there's love of choice. There's natural love and there's love of choice. So the natural love is that one is naturally inclined to love something or someone. And secondly, the love of choice is that one makes a rational choice that this that this person or this thing, in this case the Prophet ﷺ, due to his perfect qualities, due to his sacrifices, due to his contributions, due to his exalted status in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I need to love this person, this final messenger of Allah ﷺ. Now if you have both, that is ideal. If we have the love of choice and we have the natural love, then that is ideal. Now, this love, my brothers and sisters, 
is the anchor that holds the iman down. When this love and this reverence dissipates, then iman also very quickly afterwards dissipates as well. It just floats away. It just floats away, right? It's just like you have a ship, a boat. If you don't anchor it and the waves come, what's going to happen? It's going to float away, right? So our iman is anchored with love. That love dissipates, then iman will float away. Uh, so it doesn't take long for iman to weaken and to float away, to disappear once this anchor is damaged and this anchor is taken away. And subhanAllah, over the centuries in history, numerous attempts have been made, even today, right, to disparage the Prophet wasallam, to cast doubts, uh, to attack his character. So many you know, things that people have tried and they continue to try. Why? Out of hatred and animosity, because they know that if you can create doubts, if we can lessen the love of the Muslims for the Prophet wasallam, then it will be very easy to get them away from Islam itself. Right? So be careful about anyone who tries to take away from your love of the Prophet wasallam. Now the question is, how do we cultivate the love for the Prophet wasallam? So first of all, learn about him wasallam. Learn about the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for him. Learn about his sacrifices for me and you and his exalted status. And one of the greatest specific acts that we can do, which is fully authentic and proven, is sending peace and salutations upon him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and try to do that many times a day. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, that indeed Allah confers blessings upon the Prophet and his angels ask him to do so as well. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima O you who have believed, ask Allah to confer blessings upon him and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him peace. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. Abdullah bin Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu anhum, anhum I reported that I heard radiyallahu anhum reported that I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that man salla alayya salatan wahida sallallahu alayhi biha ashra that whoever supplicates Allah to exalt my mention right some narrations say wahida some don't whoever supplicates Allah to exalt my mention Allah will exalt his mention their mention by ten times by ten times so you send salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond to you with ten times more and, and uh, it is narrated from Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu that dua is suspended. That dua is suspended between the heavens and the earth. And none of it is taken up until you send blessings upon your Prophet ﷺ. If you want your dua to be accepted, couple it with the uh, with salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ. And Ibn Mas'ud anhu reported that the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said, the people who will be nearest to me on the day of resurrection. The people who will be nearest to me on the day of resurrection will be those who supplicate Allah more often for me. So my brothers and sisters, first and foremost, make the salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ a regular part of your day. Not something that you just have to do during prayer, but something that you spend time doing, something that is upon your lips just as, uh, and your tongues just as the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be upon your tongues and your lips. Now the reflection here is, my brothers and sisters, that the Prophet ﷺ is in no need of our love uh, and of our prayers, of our salawat. It's not like, that if we do not send salawat upon the Prophet 
that his status will be lowered or something by, by any means. That is inconceivable. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need us to pray for him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to grant him the status that he deserves. We are the needy ones. We are the needy ones. So perhaps the wisdom is for that we, is so that we continuously remember the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and thus maintain, right, maintain and continue to feed our love and our, our appreciation and our respect for him so that we are constantly reminded of who we need to look up to so that we do not forget and we do not go far from his way and his path. Allah Azza wa tells us, لَقَدَ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ That indeed in the Messenger of Allah, you have an excellent example. But for who? Right, we often quote the first part of the ayah. What's the complete ayah? لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا So he is an excellent example for whoever has hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last day and who remembers Allah often. And who? Who remembers Allah? Allah kathira. Right? So a person who is going to look up to the Prophet with full appreciation as the best of examples. Right? Those people who remember Allah often. Now, those who truly love someone or are a fan of someone, they like to do everything like them. Right? They want to do everything like them. Right? You see this in this in this dunya, in this world. Right? A child, a young person looks up to an athlete. Right, looks up to some other star, some other, uh, you know, public figure, some influencer. So what do they like to do? They like to do everything like them. They pay attention to everything that person does, every single post, every single picture, every single video, huh? style, fashion, dress, moves, everything. Right, look up to everything. Want to wear the shoes, you know, with their name, for example. Want to wear their branded clothing with their name. Okay, so when someone truly loves someone, they like to do everything like them. Right? They try to act like them, they behave like them, they speak like them. So this is a lesson for us with regards to practical, uh, you know, the practical following of the example of the Prophet So you must look to the companions and those who follow them to see how they would express their love for the Prophet How they would remember him And one of the reasons why we see the pious, you know, if you read the, the biographies of the Salaf, of our pious predecessors. If you read about the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, the Tabi'een, and Tabi'ut Tabi'een, those who came after them, right? We find that they would go out of their way to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in every possible way, not just his commands or acts of worship or the things that he, you know, uh, commanded or recommended, but even in the things that were habitual or that were customary, right? For for example, the types of dress or his food choices, or his preferences, they would even value that. They would even value that. Why? Because it was not, not because it was an obligation, but because it was an expression of love for the Prophet So my brothers and sisters, if we are true lovers of the Prophet we should want to be like him. We should want to follow his example, his teachings. And this should manifest itself in our daily lives, that we regularly remember and we follow the Prophet and even the smallest of actions can be an indicator of how much love we have for the Prophet ﷺ and how much we value him, right? It's about the sincerity behind the action. The action can be small, but if there is great sincerity and love behind it, that is what makes that action valuable and that is what makes that action heavy. So when we look at the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we do not just say, oh, it's just a sunnah. Oh, disregard it, it's just a sunnah. Oh, it's not an obligation. Okay, so I'm going to let it go. 
but rather we say, wow, this is a sunnah, this is a sunnah, this is a sunnah. I want to follow the sunnah of the Prophet I'm going to do it because I love the Prophet I want to increase my adherence to the sunnah of the Prophet So for that, what do we need to do? We study the seerah, we study his life. We recite and study the Qur'an, which talks about the incidents and the instructions of the Prophet We appreciate the circumstances and the instructions. We value his words. We value his words and... We, we, we listen to perhaps words of praise that remind us of him and his beauty and present it as something to our, valuable to our children as well. Right? If we do not show love for the Prophet ﷺ, if we do not value the Prophet ﷺ, how, are our, children, how are, are our children going to have love for the Prophet ﷺ? So let us examine our own hearts and look to see how much love we find for the Prophet ﷺ and how it is reflected in our choices and our way of life on a daily basis and build it up by sending salawat to the Prophet ﷺ, learning and striving to apply his teachings, sharing his beautiful character and remembering him and yearning to be with him. And for this, we may need to organize events. Now I know these days it's difficult. Inshallah, we're having one tonight online, you know, programs to propagate the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, to remember the Prophet ﷺ throughout the year, right? It doesn't need to be on a particular day or a particular time, throughout the year and share widely his teachings with others in word and in deed. So the point is, my brothers and sisters, that we as Muslims must respond. But we must respond in ways that are wise and permissible and legal. Not that the Prophet ﷺ needs us, but we respond not out of his need, but out of our love for him. When you love someone, you stand up for them. You don't just sit and watch and do nothing when they're attacked. So we are seeing... You know, there's different ways that people express themselves through boycotts or protests, prayers, uh, making dua, writing, speaking out. All of this is good, but it, it must be done in a permissible way. But we must also remember that at the root of the problem, the root of the problem is ignorance and hatred. And that is what needs to be fixed. That we replace that ignorance and that hatred with understanding and love. So what actions are we going to take to do that? These governments and these leaders, they think, that there's extremism and they can fight extremism with extremism. When was the last time there was a fire and you put more fire in it and it went out? Huh? When was the last time there was a fire and you call the fire department and they put more fire on it and the fire extinguished? It's not going to extinguish. In order, if you want to find extremism, you have to respond with the opposite. If you continue to respond to extremism with extremism, it will do more extremism. So there's extremism, finding extremism with extremism is not a response, an appropriate response to extremism, but unfortunately, it is, uh, it, it, it is uh, uh, you know, something that can be politically rewarding, unfortunately, and that is why we often see this type of approach. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, guide us and our opponents as well. Ameen, ya Rabbul Alameen. So we ask ourselves that how are we going to make the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam a bigger part of our daily lives? Let us make dua also, like I said, for the guidance of the ignorant and the haters. Respond by showcasing and living the way the beautiful way of our beloved Prophet وسلم, which is centered upon compassion, fairness, and justice. Compassion, fairness, and justice. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our brothers and sisters in France. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase the entire ummah in its love for the Prophet وسلم. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us true believers, true reflections of his beautiful sunnah. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Once again, I'd like to remind you that there's a time change coming on Sunday. As a result, the clocks will move back one hour. And from next week, the Friday message will begin at 11.45 a.m., insha'Allah. And the Friday prayer times will also be coming back. 
one hour. So our sessions will be at 12.15, at 12.45 and 1.15, inshallah, starting next Friday. Let us make dua. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Allahumma lak alhamdu kulluhu wa lak al-shukru kulluhu wa ilayka yurja'u al-amru kulluhu ala niyatuhu wa sirruhu. Allahumma lak alhamdu hatta tarda wa lak alhamdu ila radit wa lak alhamdu ba'da al-rida. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Oh Allah, ya rabbil alamin, we thank you and praise you for all of your blessings, ya rabbil alamin. Oh Allah, please protect our brothers and sisters in France. Oh Allah, please guide the ignorant and the hateful, ya rabbil alamin. Oh Allah, please open upon them the beauty of Islam. Oh Allah, please, uh, please replace their hatred and their ignorance with love for you and your Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh Allah, this is difficult for us, but oh Allah, it is indeed easy for you. Oh Allah, it does not take anything from you to do this. Oh Allah, please guide them, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, please grant relief to all of our brothers and sisters, to all of those who are experiencing distress and anxiety and grief and depression, any other type of suffering, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please protect our children, our youth, our teachers, our doctors, our workers who are in hospitals and schools, O oh Allah, our families that are afflicted with COVID-19 and all people who are suffering, O oh Allah, please protect them and cure them, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please cure all of those who are ill who are facing hardships and struggles with regards to their health, our elder sister in pain and weakness, our brother and sister living with long-term pain and injuries, our elder pioneers who are ill, suffering from cancer, other illnesses and injuries, Brother Mumtaz, Brother Abdul Sattar and others, O oh Allah, all of those who are ill, who are injured, O oh Allah, you are the cure and the healer. O oh Allah, please grant them all a speedy and complete recovery. O oh Allah, the families locally that are suffering from COVID-19, O oh Allah, please grant them ease and a complete recovery as well, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma Rabbil Nas, Allah Bil Bas, Shfihim Wanta Shafi, La Shifa illa Shifa, Uf Shifa, La Yuqadiru Saqma. Allahumma Shfihim Shifa, Najilan Kamilan Min Kulli Da. اللهم اغفر لجميع موت المسلمين الذين شهدوا لك بالوحدانية ولنبيك بالرسالة وماتوا على ذلك اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم وعافهم وعفو عنهم واكرم نزلهم ووسم مدخلهم واغسلهم بالماء والثلج والبرد ونقهم كما ينقى الثوب الأبيض من الدنس اللهم ارفعنا بحب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين اللهم اجمع علينا نعمة حب حبيبك صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم اصبغ علينا لباس الصحة والعافية وجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا رحم الراحمين اللهم احبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا حلالا واسعا ولسانا ذاكرا وقلبا قاشعا ويقينا صادقا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن وأعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من من قلبة الدين وقهر الرجال ونعوذ بك من أن نرد إلى أرض للعمر ونعوذ بك من فتنة مسيح الدجال ونعوذ بك من عذاب القبر ونعوذ بك من عذاب النار اللهم اغفنا بحلالك عن حرامك واغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم إن اللهم اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم حر المسجونين المظلومين خصوصا في بلاد المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم ألف بين قلوب المسلمين 
ووحد صفوفهم واصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم على الحق يا رب العالمين اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الأقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر إخواننا وقواتنا في كل مكان يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين جزاكم الله خيرا my brothers and sisters those who are at home please offer four rakats of dhuhr those who are coming for Friday prayer please come at your allotted times and once again please remember the time change from next week جزاكم الله خيرا والسلام